Welcome to this podcast, one of the two in which we will discuss the role of journalists and journalism in bringing the impact of problems within the health systems on the sexual and reproductive health and rights of young people, girls, and even parents. We have invited two journalists, Winnie Bota and Dorin Sonani, both from Malawi, who have joined the Africa Media Network on Health. Welcome. Thank you. Before we go in-depth, Winnie and Dorini, could you please introduce yourselves? Okay, my name is uh, Doreen Sonani. I'm a journalist from Malawi Broadcasting Corporation based here in the capital, Lirongwe. I work as a principal editor. And my name is Winnie Bota. I work for the Malawi Broadcasting Corporation and I'm based in Blantyre, the head office, and I work as a reporter. I report much on health issues. Thank you. You have both written uh, interesting articles. Doreen has written on contraceptives, stockouts, a development that affects family planning services delivery. Uh, the report by Winnie is about an increase in obstetric fistula in a district in Malawi because traditional people believe that young people should not take part in contraceptives. Both of them are interesting. Now, uh, Winnie, can you indicate how you came up with this topic? I came up with this topic based on the burden I learned of obstetric fistula in the eastern region. We have young girls as young as 16, 13 getting married. And uh, there are alarming rates of obstetric fistula in the eastern region. So I just wanted to understand why do we have so many cases of obstetric fistula amongst young people in the eastern region as compared to other districts where you have uh, people in the ages of 40, 30 with obstetric fistula. So I had to go and dig what are the causes of obstetric fistula among its young girls. Yeah, so that's how I came up with that topic. Okay, thank you, uh, Winnie. Uh, what about you, Doreen? Uh, you know, Arnold, in our work as journalists, we usually do research or investigations on matters affecting the masses, also through our partnerships with uh, various organizations like AMREF, uh, we get tips from them and then we follow up on the tips. And uh, in this particular story where I was highlighting the problem of contraceptives, stockouts in Chisi, which is uh, one of the central region districts, I personally observed the scenario through a media visit to some health facilities in the district uh, during a tour that was organized by AMREF. And then that's when I got interested to highlight this challenge, which is facing most women in rural setups in the country, not only in Chisi, but in most districts. Okay, uh, what do you want to achieve by uh, exposing in your story? First, I would say that I was motivated to write the story considering that this was a reproductive right issue. And then um, I wanted to bring it to the attention of the policymakers, government officials who are uh, responsible to make sure that uh, these commodities are available in public health facilities in the country. So without a reporter bringing out those issues, I think uh, the, the situation could remain the same. Okay, uh, what about you, Winnie? What uh, do you want to achieve? What did you set out to achieve with your story? Oh, thank you, Arnold. Just like Dorini has indicated that uh, most of the uh, primary goals of us as uh, journalists uh, who practice, I, I call it transformative journalism, is to have an impact, like maybe to change lives of people 
or to have a positive outcome of uh, what your story you're focusing on. So I'll just give an example of what the impact of my story was. Because uh, obstetric fistula is treatable, people get repaired. But that information, uh, young people in Mangochi, where I did the story, did not have that information because most of the times they would live in hiding. They would not tell anyone that I have obstetric fistula. They would believe that uh, they've been bewitched and all that. So my primary goal was to, to sensitize them that uh, fistula is something repairable and it's not even their fault that they have obstetric fistula it's, it has nothing to do with the black magic or witchcraft and all that so it was about sensitizing people at the same time it was about reaching out to policymakers, decision makers that we have this burden in mangochi we can help young girls you know obstetric fistula it takes out the dignity of a woman. You know, these young girls would stink. These young girls would lose their dignity. And everything like that, Arnold. So I was motivated by that, that this is a treatable thing. They can be repaired. We've had uh, fistula camps in the same district. Why can't we sensitize these young girls to go for that? So my motivation was that this story can have a positive impact. Uh, and unfortunately, all the girls that I, I featured in my story and all the girls that I interacted with, they all got repaired. Okay, now Winnie, do you think this is a good way of exposing health issues uh, that are actually occurring in the society? Yeah, I think although as a journalist I had challenges here and there like to convince these young girls to come out and speak to me, but I think the route I took was uh, the best way of exposing health issues because I had to involve the victims. I had to give them evidence that uh, what they're going through, it's treatable. And at the same time, I had to to highlight that it's okay for young people to, to use family planning because when they get pregnant while young, they are exposed to so many kinds of obstetric dangers like obstetric fistula. So I highlighted so much stuff and with the information that Amref Health Africa has been giving us, I did it the right way because I also had sources like the Minister of Health. I had uh, some implementing uh, donor organizations that are into obstetric fistula in Mangochi. I had to feature all those, so I had to balance it and all that. In the end, because I did it in the right way, it had an impact. As I said, that uh, people were helped, the patients were repaired. So I think I did it the right way. Just to share my experience, Winnie, uh, in regards to the, the better approach of telling the story, I think highlighting the words, the, the voices of the real people that are affected with the problem attracts much attention because... Uh, as, as of my story, the story which was uh, highlighting the contraceptive stockouts, maybe the government was aware of the problem, but they didn't really know what has been the impact of the problem uh, among the women in the rural areas who use or who rely on the injectable contraceptives. So when we uh, highlight their voices, I think it brought much uh, impact to, uh, to the general public. And uh, also, we have to know that we as the media uh, will provide a platform and a voice for everyone. 
and we are a reliable and a trusted channel of information to large masses. So when we talk, when we speak, when we present our information through the radio, through the TV, it will reach out to many people. So I think this was the better approach to tell this story. Yeah, just to add on, uh, on what Doreen has said, I think he, in the media field we've talked about giving stories a human face and yes. all that. Sometimes when she was reporting on a family planning stockouts, why not involve those who are affected by the stockouts? Yes. She went for that. She had to highlight that because of this shortage, this is the impact. These women are suffering. These women rely on long injectable, reversible contraceptives. And these injectables, if they're not available, culturally women are victims because men have to make decisions uh, for them to go for contraceptives. Some would not allow them and they rely on injectables because their men would not notice that they are on contraceptives. So the availability of this contraceptive, it means you have covered up all women when it comes to giving birth to children by choice, not by chance. Yes. So I, I think she did it the right way, involving those affected, the patients in my case. And then you bring in the other sources and then you bring in the decision makers. Yeah. So I think just to echo what she said. All right. Now, uh, in what way does the Africa Media Network on Health help you in your work? Uh, we can start with Doreen. Yeah, uh, as of me, the network has been so helpful to my work because, um, you know, the network serves as a platform where we as journalists from uh, within Malawi, from several African countries involved, we share information, we share experiences, news tips, best practices, and also we strengthen our networking, uh, both at local and uh, regional level. So working together, we produce uh positive results instead of uh, when we were working in isolation. I think uh, our job gets a bit difficult. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, it has helped me so much. You know, sometimes we in the media, when we are at school, we are not taught uh, about health reporting and all that. We just taught reporting journalism in general. So when you belong to a network like this one, you know, Amref can direct you that the field you're exploring, oh, you're doing obstetric fistula stories. Therefore, this is the right source. This one is an authority in that field. So the network has helped us to, uh, to have new sources who are relevant to the story that you're doing. At the same time, they've made us interact with experts in different health fields. At the same time, they've uh, helped us to grow as health reporters. Sometimes the terms we used to, to use through the trainings, they would tell us that this is not the correct way to refer to a source or to a source who is, in this case, maybe a patient or a victim or a survivor and all that. So through the network, we've grown. Like, we've learned terminologies. We've learned how to report on sensitive issues when it comes to health issues. And at the same time, we've interacted with other reporters who have been into this field like uh, for a long time. These are reporters from Tanzania, Zambia, Kenya. We have that forum on WhatsApp where they share most of the times the stories that they've done in different health topics. So when you read, you learn how some other people report and then how to write features and all that, how to be sensitive. We've learned a lot, actually. This has improved us. And also what I like about this network is that when we meet, 
we are trained each and every time we are we get new ideas we get new information latest trends in terms of health reporting so i think it's good to be uh, under this network and it's so helpful we just hope it will continue like this now during you wrote this story about um, stock out of contraceptives in chesi um, when you set out to write your story and uh, how the story came out, do you think actually you achieved your goals? Definitely, yes, Arnold. After a week when I was following up on the issue from the officials in Nchisi and the Minister of Health, the Public Relations Office in the Minister of Health, I got information that the injectable contraceptives were now being distributed in the district and the rest of the districts where there was a shortage. So I think it had an impact really because it acted like uh, somehow pushed the, the actions to address the situation. So I was satisfied uh, hearing that now, or even at the point that I'm talking now, the injectable contraceptives are available in most health facilities in Nchise. Now women are accessing them easily. Okay, that is some wonderful news. Winnie, uh, in your case, do you think you achieved your goals when you uh, set out to write this story about obstetric fissula? Yeah, I did. When you check my story, I did not interview the Minister of Health. I interviewed the health workers in Mangochi. These are people who deal with uh, those young girls in Mangochi. Any specific reason why you didn't uh, interview the, uh, the Minister of Health? I was advised so that let me just focus uh, on the local health workers, those who deal with the problem. And then I had to do a separate story, like interviewing the minister now, that we have an issue in Mangochi. Like a second story, like it had to be in series. So the first story, I did not interview the minister. I was set to interview the minister in the second story. But before I did that, the minister called that I've seen the story on TV about obstetric fistula in Mangochi and uh, the statistics are alarming. I think we should involve our implementing partners uh, to involve those girls and have them repaired. So before we interviewed him, there was a camp that was set uh, in Bwaira, Lilongwe, and uh, in Mulanje. So the minister had directed that uh, can we have the young girls that were featured on NBC from Mangochi to be transported through the Minister of Health's transport from Mangochi to Mulanje. And those girls were transported from uh, Mangochi to Mulanje where there was a, a fistula camp set by UNFPA and the Minister of Health. And they were repaired. And uh, now these are happy girls living a normal sexual life yeah, as they used to be. So I, I would look at that as an impact that my story had. Okay. Yeah. Right. Now, Winnie and uh, Doreen, looking back uh, at uh, what you did, is there something you would have done differently? Yeah, in my case, the obstetric fistula story, I think uh, it would have been nice if I followed up on the girls and do another story for them to motivate other girls who are still in, uh, you know, in hiding. Those are who are not coming out to look for help that they have obstetric fistula. I needed to follow up with them because I exposed these girls that there is, they have this problem. I was supposed to go back and interview them that these are the girls that they had that problem. Look at them now. They have been treated. They've been repaired. I was supposed to do that even with the minister for him to say, that uh, he saw that and that's how he helped these other girls that could have been a motivating factor to those other people who are going through the same thing i think uh, i could have done better if i had a follow-up story unfortunately i did not why didn't you 
I did not do that because uh, I was just convinced that I've had an impact. That's Internet. enough. Yeah. yeah okay, Maybe uh, before I, I give my experience, just to add on um, Winnie's story, um, the fact that she could have gone back to the girls, it's a great uh, initiative because uh, I was doing the same story here in Lilongwe at Bwaira uh, Fistural Care Center where I found out that uh, almost 80% of workers, the, 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 the cleaners, the, the, the ones supplying food, are the, uh, are the women that suffered fistula before. Wow. So they got healed. They are now transformed into being the ambassadors for other people. And then when other patients arrive at the hospital, they are the ones that uh, motivate their colleagues. So I think uh, what we need to do more is to report more on these issues. We just to follow up on them. We just need to report more on these issues dig more there are many untold issues in terms of reproductive health rights in in our communities but uh, we, we are like uh, deterred from reporting more so we just need uh, to, to be committed very committed in reporting such issues okay uh, now um i know you are very busy people is there anything that actually right now you're working on that is uh, exciting any exciting new issues you're working on right now for me, I'm now doing a story on um, uh, cervical cancer screening. You know, here, especially in Lilongwe, we only have one facility, Bwaira Hospital, which provides free screening of uh, cervical cancer. So it becomes a challenge because there are only a limited number, like they only allow 15 women registered to be screened like in a day. So when you're late, you, you're sent back home, you have to come tomorrow, Tomorrow when yeah, you, you, you're late again, you, you just have to, to go back home. So it's, it's like a challenge. We don't have many facilities providing these services for free. So I, I just want to find out more on how are women finding it a challenge to get screened. Because when you're, you, you, you're sent back twice, then you say, ah, no, after all, I'm not sick. Uh, I don't need to undergo this screening. So I think I just want to find out more issues that are affecting women who are uh, underprivileged that do not have money. I think it's a challenge to get such services. So we have many health issues affecting women in Malawi. We have the responsibility to help highlight those issues so that they should be helped. Okay, uh, thank you. Uh, I'm looking forward to that story. Uh, what about you, Winnie? What are you working on right now? Yeah, I am working on uh, injectables. Uh, these are injectable contraceptives. Uh, they are long term. Uh, you know, the echo results are out. The echo results, uh, this was a research uh, done in a, quite a number of African countries where they were trying to check if there is a, a related risk uh, between acquisition of HIV uh, and Depo-Provera and other contraceptives. So I'm just concentrating on the results that they've cleared all contraceptives, that there is no link between HIV risk and these contraceptives. So I'm just concentrating on... Uh, injectables. Now that uh, a large clinical research has uh, cleared that there is no risk when it comes to HIV acquisition and the injectable contraceptives, why can't we as a country make the injectables which are so on a high demand when it comes to typical rural women where we have a good percentage of women uh, residing and they are demanding for these contraceptives, why can't we make them available? So I'm highlighting on the 
risk that has been cleared and the av availability of uh, the injectables. Because previously, some African governments would argue that now that there is a research going on about the injectables, we would rather slow down in supplying uh, the injectables. But now that they've been cleared, do we have enough in stock? If we don't have enough in stock, why are we doing that to our women in rural areas who need this more? based on different issues, cultural plus distances that they have to walk to clinics or health centers. We need to give them this. So I'm, I'm looking at that. And the, the other story that I'm working on is on self-injectables. There was a, a trial in Malawi, Uganda, and other countries about cyanopress. This is the, a low dose of Depo-Provera where women inject themselves. They get the injectables from the a clinic, and they go home, they inject themselves, they stay at home for a year without going to a clinic for contraceptives. In Mangochi, they've started already. So I just want to check with women in Mangochi, like, how are they faring? Because this is like giving power to women to take care of their, you know, contraceptive needs. So I'm just looking at that. Yeah, so I'm working on those two different stories. All right, quite interesting. Now, uh, I think we are coming to the end of uh, this podcast. Is there anything else that actually you'd like to add? Yeah, I would like to call on Amre for Health Africa to keep on doing the good work of sensitizing the masses through trainings, uh, through journalist trainings and all that to report on health issues. These are difficult issues. You know, reporting on health issues is more like, it's a bit of science and all that. We need these trainings. We need this, uh, you know, encouragement and all that. We need the exposure. We need the networks. And we need, you know, the credible sources that Amri for Health Africa has been making available. So we we'll always look for to Amri Health Africa being there for us when it comes to health reporting. Right, what about, what about you, Doreen? And my plea goes to all the organizations working in the health sector. They have to strengthen their relationship with the media. We have to work together, share ideas. After all, we are working for a similar cause, so we just want to encourage them to promote their relationship with the media so that together we may help address challenges affecting the health system in the country. Uh, thank you, Doreen and uh, Winnie. Uh, there then we've come to the end of this podcast. Thank you for listening and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at amn underscore health. Uh, you've been with me, Arnold Montali, your host. <laughs>